Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So glad you're joining us on Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. I have a new uh, idea for 2020 and my team and I were riffing on themes and it kind of occurred to everyone that the theme for 2020 should be empowerment. So each month we're going to have a new theme based on the word empowerment. And for my 30-day journey book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey, I broke down the word empower. And uh, so we're going to use some of those words to start off this, this year. So the first word with the letter E is esteem. And esteem means to regard with respect or admiration. And so questions to ask yourself over the next few weeks is, do you respect or admire yourself? Do others respect or admire you? And if you think they do, is there a part of you that doubts that they're telling you the truth? So respecting or admiring yourself for the next few weeks. Try it on and see how it fits. And once you've listened to the podcast today, hashtag it, like it, share it on social media, write us a review, sign up to listen to more so you get a, 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 an alert every time the show shows up so you're not missing a thing. And here we go with today's show. Wow. So I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I think I start so many of these podcasts this way, but I'm so blessed with the gift of people that I get to have chats with. And today is beyond measure because I'm speaking with a woman who has done amazing research, has written several books on the theme that I am hugely attracted to. So I want to welcome in Kate Sullivan first. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks. So, thanks for having me on your show. I really, really appreciate it. Okay. So it came across my desk that you've written uh, numerous books on the legends of the grail. And, and it caught me because when, oh God, in the 80s, and now I'm aging myself, but in the 80s, I got a hold of the Mists of Avalon. Mm-hmm. And within the first, I would say, three pages, I had a healing. I, I mean, I felt it in my body. I was like, here is truth. Here is truth. Women are powerful and they have been for eons. And that was the thing. I, I, and I've read that, I reread that book like five times because even though it's a novel, there's such ancient wisdom in it. And, I, and your books are, are holding ancient wisdom for those women, those of us who are rising up, standing up, speaking out knowing that it is our turn, our time again. So I thank you for all of that. And, and, and let's dive into the Legends of the Grail. So tell everybody how, why you wrote these books in the first place. How did that start? 
Well, it, there were two things that happened. Uh, number one, I was granted an overseas research award to King's College London. And what I had to do in order to receive the award was go to the west coast of Ireland and gather folklore, which I don't think I really knew what I was getting into at the time. <laughs> I came over from the United States, and, you know, and I'm in London and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to go to the west coast of Ireland and I'm, you know, and I'm going to, um, I'm sure it will be very crowded and busy. Well, no, it wasn't. I had to get the sheep off the road to uh -huh. get... <laughs> I was just in Ireland and Scotland this summer. Yes, I can relate. So the first thing I did was go to Cool Park. I was working on the, the works of Lady Isabella Augusta Gregory. Mm -hmm. and she was the patron of W.B. Yeats. He wrote lovely, lovely. I mean, he really started, or the two of them really started the Irish literary renaissance. And so, uh -huh. and so this was very exciting because um, obviously it's a very um, Christian nation. Mm -hmm. um, but there were a lot of people who were really interested in the heritage of Ireland itself. What happened before, before Christianity and why were they telling uh, Roman and Greek mythology when there were the, the actual stories of the people there? So I got really carried away with it and started finding characters. They're in the, the Legends of the Grail stories of Celtic goddesses. They're in this book. So you have the stories it's given and then what I did, I did exactly what my tutor told me not to do, but I couldn't <laughs> help it. I mean, if you've ever been, if you've ever read Outlander, you know, you lean up against those old stones and there's some magic in those places. Yes. Serious magic in those places. And so I started just having these downloads of, um, basically it's like, like one of the stories in there is, is of the Kaliach. She's the old woman of the world. She's Gaia. She's like the Celtic Gaia, 10,000 year old uh, goddess, or probably older. Right. But stories have been told about her for 10,000 years. And so I would go crawling into these ancient cairns and put my back up against the stones and just hear the music. I'm like, this is the music of the fairies. <laughs> Here it is. And then just download the stories that wanted to be told. And it was really powerful. I bet it was. So one of my main guides through, through that series was Danu, who, who uh -huh. was the mother of the Tuatha de Dunan. So she, the tall, magical people of Ireland. And so these are sort of the good, tall people. And, um, and then in the second book, uh, Heroines of Avalon, I, I followed a little bit what you were talking about. Obviously, I love Mists of Avalon. And I was working with a British healer at the time, and she took me to the Chalice Well. Oh, in, yes. In Glastonbury, yes. which is Somerset, southwestern part of England. I've been and there. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, I a, yes. I had a very, very powerful experience there at the well. Um, I was sitting there and I knew that you know, the connections with um, Joseph of Arimathea and the Holy Grail um, and that you know, possibly Mary Magdalene had been there with her daughters, which is a big story. <laughs> there, that a story I really get behind and relate to. Absolutely. And I, you know, when you're there and um, meditating at the well, you think, well, yes, it's, it's quite likely that Sarah, the daughter of Mary and Jesus probably was there. But what I, as I was meditating by the well, I saw the, a, a face of the, of the goddess and, um, 
it's prob probably was the Lady of Avalon, but it mm -hmm. shocked me because it was so real. And, and I realized that, that the feminine face of the divine or the feminine, uh, the divine nature of the feminine um, was inviting me to get to know her. And um, this was really, it was kind of shocking, um, but also really interesting. And so for, so I made many, many pilgrimages. I, I lived there in, in the UK for 11 years and was married to a Scot. Um, so I would go back to the well and sit there until I had guidance from the ladies of the lake. And then I would go on a quest. And um, on this quest, I would, I would find usually, I mean, actually every single time, I would run across one of the ancient goddesses. So the book starts out with Erin Rood, um, who's a Welsh goddess. And um, she was one of the uh, original goddesses that was said to weave the starlight mm. uh, with, with the fabric of the earth mm. so that we could hear the music of the stars and so that all of life could be woven into being. Mm. Wow. So, oh my God. So Ian, I want to know why, let's back up a bit, why when you, when the Lady of Avalon presented herself to you and called you into service, so to speak, yes. why, why did that, share with everybody why that felt shocking to you? Well, there was a, a personal story behind that too. I, I was, um, I'd been raised I guess I'd been raised, my father was an atheist. <laughs> so that yeah. was part of it, right? Um, my uncle had committed suicide and, that I was living with in London. And so I was having a, a, a spiritual crisis at the time. I was in my, I think I was 21. Wow. And I went, I went to the Chalice Well, which is, Glastonbury has been a pilgrimage place for 25,000 years. And it's Druids and... Christians and just every kind of walk of life you can imagine. It's a, it's a true pilgrimage place. So it's juicy and powerful. And I didn't really know that at the time, but I knew when I went to the well that there was something special. And so I, I spent a week there going to the well and just entering into a deep contemplation. And I asked to see the face of the divine. And so it was sort of a test. It was like, is, is the divine real? Is it, you know, and I, I'd always heard you can't see the face of God and live, you know. Uh -huh. So it wasn't so much just that there was this face. It was that there was a, an eternal presence and that, I, and that I was touched by this eternal presence. And, I, and my heart chakra just blew wide open and I started to sob and I realized that God is real. You know, that there is this infinite intelligence that's real and it might operate through a religion and it might not, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it's something that we can access. And there are certain places in the world, all over Scotland, you found some of the places in Scotland, there are certain places, I call them the thin places. And if you go to them, the other world is very accessible. So there's a whole Celtic world. You know, that there's an underworld and there's a middle world and there are upper, there's, so there's a, the, there's a whole um, cosmology that you can be invited into. Mm, mm hmm Yes. It's when ancient. I, 
Mm. When I went to Scotland the first time, and it was kind of a random, Scotland wasn't on my list, you know, but a, a, a trip showed up and I was like, and I was in divorce and it was, I really needed to go someplace and be healed. And we were hiking in uh, the ancient forest of Glencoe yes. and uh, where a, a brutal massacre had happened. There, uh, in Scotland, there's all sorts of areas sure. where brutal massacres happened, the poor Scots. Um, but while we were there, we were probably in there about two hours. I could feel the other la levels, do you know? And, uh, and I, I, I didn't want to leave. You know, it was time to go get to the, on the bus to go do whatever. And I didn't want to leave. And I consciously, uh, as I was walking out, intended to carry with me uh, whatever that feeling tone, that divine presence with me out, there, out of the forest, right? And I remember there was a bridge we had to cross over to then get to where the bus was. Um, and as I was walking over, I could feel that my cells had been rearranged. You know, I was different. I was just different. And it was very profound for me. And I, th and I, it, I would imagine that's some of what you're talking about. You know, we all, if we enter into those, with conscious awareness, some, usually it takes conscious awareness to um, open that door or that heart space to what was and recognize that what was still is, you know, even though we don't think we can touch and feel it, but it still is because there's no, this is my belief, and but there's no, in, in death, there, it's all energy. And so all that energy stays in that, in that large, unexplainable container that we give all sorts of God names to, you know, mm -hmm. and it just stays there and it's accessible at any time. So the ancient wisdoms or the wisdoms of the ages, which we <laughs> talk about next, are always there for the people, for those who have, there's an old saying, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're, and you're empty enough to receive it. I, I sort of feel that's the heroine's quest. And that might be part of going to these sacred wells is that you, you go and you empty yourself and then you can, then you can receive, you can actually see with your other eyes and hear with, hear, hear with the ears of the heart, really. Right. So the heroine's quest is to empty out. It's to, it's to empty out. And once you empty out, then, then you can receive the music. You can receive Aaron Rude's song. Mm -hmm. you, can, you start to open the mythic imagination. And I think it takes a little bit of time because it, when it first happens, you think, oh my gosh, I've gone completely mad. You know, I'm yes. listening to the songs of the universe and, <laughs> you know, is it really animated? And once you, you get to a place where you go, oh, yes, it's animated, and I'm allowing myself to open up in this way. As a writer, it might be a little bit easier because you go, oh, okay, I'm writing a short story, you know. So, so, but you're allowing yourself to lean back. There, there's, a, there's some wonderful ancient cairns. So you can crawl into them and you put your back up against these old stones. And it's said that these stones have um, the old patterns 
and wisdom of priests and priestesses and druids and so forth. So like Avebury, for instance, you can walk through and put your hands on the stones. Mm -hmm. I think, I think also Stonehenge and you're receiving patterns and energy. Mm -hmm. So if you're very switched on, you might, you might know it. If you're, if you're not really very awake, you might not know it. I don't think it matters. I think it happens anyway. Um, one of the things that's really interesting now with my friends that are dowsers in the UK oh. is that I think Avebury, I think, is, might be my favorite place to go. It's called Eve. It actually was originally Evesbury. So it was meant to be the place that the universe, it was the universal umbilicus to the planet. Wow, cool. So if you want to understand the feminine face of the divine, that's a really great pilgrimage spot. Okay, so, so something just happened as we were having the conversation and we both uh, <laughs> had to re-plug in. And, and so you were saying that sometimes the ancients kind of say, mm, that might be too much right now. So, right? So tell me what you were just about to say. Ian. Well, it, it can happen. It, the, when we start talking about ancient things, technology can go haywire. I was talking about dowsing and how the, 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 the frequencies have grown from I think for as long as I went to Avebury, the ley lines were about, I think about 12 feet wide. Now they're 30, 33 wow. feet wide. So they're really opening up and people are having an experience of the Taurus, you know, the, the energy, the awakening of the energy field. So I think this work is actually some of the most important work that's going on in the planet. To, to go back and visit some of these ancient sites, remember the roots because in a lot of our uh, religious traditions, we, we rejected the body, we rejected the feminine, we rejected the earth. And now the earth is in crisis. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, it's the water, earth is like, there was just a horrible, uh, yet again, poor Puerto Rico, oh. um, you know, earthquake. They're, some of their electricity is offline for a year, possibly. Oh, gosh. You know, so it is, it's, it's like the earth is saying, okay, enough, enough, enough. Everybody wake up. Everybody exactly. wake up. Australia. We, you know, this, yes. whole, this whole thing. All I mean, that was, that was what was probably the most exciting thing about going back and actually finding. Now, the Druids were equally male and female. The Druids were not people that, that did human sacrifice. That was a propaganda by um, Caesar. They were actually the wise people of, of Britain. They were the spiritual leaders. And they had a language of the trees called the, the Oum. And so we, we learned um, a little bit about this, this ancient language of the, the 20, 22 to 25 trees, depending on which system you follow. But it's so beautiful. So you enter into an engagement of speaking with the, the standing people, right? Mm -hmm. So what, I think what happened, what the, what the indigenous people of Europe, very similar to the indigenous people of America, understood our natural relationship to things so as i was saying that they're they're equally female druid male and female druids so you find really really super fun empowering heroines yay. <laughs> yay right and and they're in love relationship with men you know they don't fall out of it's not one's better than the other they really understood equality and they understood each other's um in fact caesar said if if you go into battle with a Celt, um, if it's a man, it's okay. But if his wife shows up, just go home. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they understood the balance of the natural world. They understood the, you know, the more feminine qualities, the, the water and the earth. Mm -hmm. and that they knew to go to the sacred springs and wells because this was a way to get in touch with the womb of the mother and to understand life. So mm -hmm. we've been in a culture of death for a very long time. They understood the culture of life, which is what we're being invited back into now. It's time. It's time to honor the earth, honor our bodies, honor what's feminine, and honor all the other things too. So. So there was always a quest where you would go and you would find the sacred hallows. So that, that was basically the journey that I went on to write, to write these books. And it, there's a little coming out in, the, in a novel that I've, that I've just finished about this hallow quest. About really? Going. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> we'll be out soon. Okay. Yes. Oh my God, I got chills. I cannot wait. That's a fun one. That's a, it's a, it's, yeah, it's about Nimue who, who's a, mm -hmm. um, yes, she's, um, often considered a sorceress, but actually having encountered her, she's a very complex, but wonderful, very magical character. So she's, so she'll be out soon. I think that will be fun for people. You know, it's interesting how uh, over the years, because, oh, do I say this? Okay. Uh, because I come from an ancient line of sorcerers. Okay. Like ancient, ancient, ancient. I've seen it and, you know, I've seen it. Um, and it's interesting, fascinating, infuriating. I'm getting over the rage of how uh, cultures began to subvert what was actually uh, alchemy and quote unquote sorcery that was so connected to ancient wisdoms and the earth and cultural um, so that we were all connected. You know, the, the ancient people recognized we were all connected. Yes. So whether you lived in a small village in England or you lived in, you know, the Delta in Africa, you know, there was that uh, because of being connected to the earth, you can feel other people's roots, if you will. Right deep in the earth, and that and and begin to really become in that or step into that oneness. And it's always been fascinating to me how all that stuff got subverted, um, how Christianity took over a lot of the rituals and then made it a you know a sin if you do this and you don't do that, and you know, whatever these these belief systems that, like you said, we've been living under, which are all about death. Yep. They are all about death. They're not about rejuvenation or renewal or they're about resurrection, but that happens after death. What the hell? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, we have been in a culture of death for quite a long period of time. I'm, I'm sure Jesus was a wonderful healer, but, you know, a lot of religions, unfortunately, fall to dogma. And, and I think when we go on a quest, what we're doing is we're breaking out of out of what binds us in a religion. And we're, we're really fine. Because the religion can also hold us for a period of time. So I'm not mm -hmm. anti-religious, but it, mm -hmm. it can hold us for a period of time. But when we really start having our own direct connection, when we really start awakening and we're really on that liberation path and we're having mystical experiences, we don't need, we don't need the structure anymore. So it falls away. And I think that was what was a little bit unfortunate about what happened to the Druids. I mean, I, I have gone back 
it's actually quite a difficult thing to do, but I went back, actually it was last year, I went to Wales and went to Bryn Kelly and some of the places where they, there was a island called Mona, it used to be called Mona, now it's called the Isle of Anglesey. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Druids were trained. Oh. And um, the place where the men were trained is now underneath the Royal Air Force, ba or Air Force Base, so you can't go there. But you can go to Bryn Kelly Thay, which is where the women, a lot of women were trained. Now, a lot of people call these places burial mounds, and I don't find that to be true at all. I mean, some of them were burial mounds, but- You're talking about the Cairns. The Cairns, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of them were healing temples and initiation temples. And so what the Druids, there were people before the Druids, but what the Druids knew how to do was use standing stones like acupuncture points, mm -hmm. so acupuncture needles mm -hmm. to activate the earth. And mm -hmm. so when we, when, when the Druids were killed off, now the only way the Romans could come in and, and really take over Britain was to kill off the Druids because they, they really held, held the spiritual power. And so you have to, you have to annihilate that in order to become the next ruling power. Yeah. That's what the whole old Testament is about, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not this. Not to do the Bible, but yeah, you know. It, well, we could have some conversations about that too. Um, there's some issues. I mean, you know, women got cut out, you know, mm -hmm. it, uh, and that's what I loved about going back because I felt, I think even when I was sitting at the chalice well, I felt that half of me could show up, which is, yeah. which is my intellectual Isn't that interesting, half. yeah. The intellectual side could show up, the, you know, my, my fiery side my air could show up but the other part where was it? it i was severed from it and so and so that's what the question was about to go back and find that dismembered feminine that got left probably in previous life got left somewhere and so i wanted to see if these um if there really were powerful women and indeed there really really were and so to go back and find them and to remember their stories I think it helps us find our roots now and helps us find true power mm -hmm. and helps us understand how, how we can go and stand on the earth and, and learn to walk with love and reverence again. That's why I think these stories are important. That is so profound. Um, I am in absolute agreement with you. And um, yeah, it's, it, it is about learning how to uh, honor the feminine that we are as women. Um, and that's some of what I talk about all the time. It's, it's part of what my particular journey was, was to uh, step into my own empowerment. And I'm still on that journey, you know, of stepping in and standing strong in my inner empowerment, which is about connection to source and connection to all. And, and it takes uh, conscious awareness and letting go of what you think you are, right? Mm -hmm. I, woke, I, I went through a, a, a divorce and um, realized during the divorce that I didn't know myself, I didn't love myself, I didn't respect myself. I think this is the thing that happens, has happened to so many women because we were, so like you just described, so cut off, so disenfranchised that there was a part of us we were disallowed ages ago that became the culture the norm the you know 
all of that. And now so many women are standing up and saying, this cannot happen anymore. And that takes courage and strength and willing to be vulnerable to share the story of what happened to you mm -hmm. that you were not allowed to share because you were born a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, there were, there were, I think 800 years of burning times. So, I mean, oh, if you, God. if you tried to do any of this, I mean, up until, I think even in 17th century Scotland, if you question the existence of the Bible or God, you'd be hanged male or female. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there was a very real force that prevented us from, from, from our, you know, kept us from our magic, mm -hmm. right? Kept us mm -hmm. from, from this. And it, maybe that was just a period of time on the earth and that was supposed to happen that way. I don't know. But I know now that the energies, the frequencies are rising, that the, the, the true feminine voice can be anchored on the earth once again. I mean, I think that was part of what happened in 2012. We were able to, to truly embody and find our voice. So it's not women just having the power of the masculine, but, but women and men having the power of the masculine and the feminine. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that when I talk about this with men, they think that women are trying to take their power away. You know, the ones that are consciously awake are, you know, and are growing their consciousness are letting go of that idea more. But mm. um, it is about, it's not, it, it's about women speaking up. But it's because there is that, what you talked about earlier, the divine feminine is in everyone. Mm -hmm. And women are, because we've been disassociated, disfranchised, you know, shut out, it, we have to bring back our own personal power so that the, the equanimity, the equalization of the energies can happen. Yes. Right? And, it's, uh, and, and so it's not like we're on a we're fighting for, you know, whatever it is we think we're supposed to be, but it, it's necessary so that the, I believe, so the earth can balance all the Absolutely. energies so that the countries and the politics that are showing up so arrogantly in the world can achieve a, an equilibrium again and not be at such a discord that's a, that's a very gentle word for what's going on right now. But sure. the, the discord is the thing that's calling all of us to now stand and embrace and open to the divine feminine. And the divine feminine is, okay, maybe, I, maybe you've had a different experience. But I, for me, I've noticed that the divine feminine is not, you know, nice and cuddly. It's, it, it, it's requiring deep excavation of your inner self and becoming honest with yourself. At least that's been my experience. Well, I think there are very many faces to the divine feminine. Of course, the feminine is not going to have one face, right? <laughs> right. So, I mean, of course, there's the, you know, you have your, your, the triple mother with that shows up all the time. Um, and so you have your, your maiden mother and then wise woman. Mm -hmm. And so it might be that the mother, like the first, the first encounter I had was actually with the mothering aspect. So I really got to know Anu or Danu, which was the mothering aspect. It was very loving, very nurturing. And I felt held actually by mm. it. But I think that's what I needed at the time because right. I've been through this death and this crisis and so forth. And later I started to encounter the ancient, the ancient one. And the ancient one is, 
might also shop in a way that's really loving, but she'll actually really challenge you too. And part of the, the dark face of the feminine is to be the challenger. Mm. But I'll tell you a story I think you might find fun about men. Um, I, I um, met uh, John Patrick Sullivan. I had been married to a Scot, so that's a, whole different, that's a whole different subject. But that was interesting too, in terms of the immersion into the UK and into that world. He was lovely, but our relationship kind of ended. And down the road, I met um, John Patrick Sullivan, who had been an ex-middle linebacker with the Jets and the Bears, oh right? He's <laughs> <laughs> a solid guy, real oh. guy. This is not a was, you know, this is not a hairy fairy kind of right, guy. This right. is like a real solid guy. He's also um, his grandparents were Irish, and so he has Irish passport, and it also spent eleven years in the UK, UK and Ireland, and. Um, when I met him, I said, oh, Sullivan, oh, I know, I know your lineage. I know that you were one of the Moonster Kings. And we actually took a trip to Cashel and to oh, wow. the, the place where they had, they had ruled at one point. They were annihilated uh, by the British. But anyway, they, um, they had ruled and actually were responsible for kicking the Vikings out of Ireland. Wow. So they, they were like, you know, like, no wonder he's an ex-middle linebacker. You know, they've been doing this for centuries. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really love about my husband, and we have so much fun doing these quests together, is that he really wanted to find out about the goddess. You know, he was cool. like, I'm quite, I'm quite clear about my masculine side, but, you know, being raised in the Catholic church, I got two choices. It was like, you know, virgin or whore. I'd like to really find some other components. So he's been really curious. And so I would say any man that finds those qualities in himself is a juicy, lovely man. You oh, know, we, yeah. we all, it's work we all have to do because it's not ju just that it was cut out of the feminine. It, I mean, the women, it was cut out, everybody, it was cut out. Just right. Completely. So, um, so it's been lovely to go, to go back and do those journeys together. And, and even if you want to, uh, I love actually the Celtic shamanic work too, which is very, very old. And you can go back to some of these ancient sites and it's equally, I find, um, I'm a member of Obad's, Obad's, I mean the Bards, Obad's and Druids. And so you can go to these old sites with these, you know, white robed beings that are both male and female and um, who, ha who understand the history of the land. And you can talk to that land together and you can do ritual together wow. there that's when you really start to feel like the underworld of the noon and um and the beings that live there the fae and also Neath, you know the lord of the underworld so some of those characters like as you said were demonized like yeah um, Neath um is usually shown with antlers and so they made him into the devil and he's not at all he's some he's he's actually a being that understands the underworking of the world so the whole, the gnomes and the fairies and the undines and yes. how, and life. So he's actually the, one of the ones that supports life. And so one of the quests a lot of times people will do would be to go to the tour. He, he, supposedly he lives under the tour, which is in Glastonbury. Yes, really. So um, that you have the well, which is the mm -hmm. feminine, and then you have the hill, which is the masculine. Right. Right. And so that's where you can get in touch. And there you can actually spiral up the tour. There's a way to spiral up where you're actually inviting the qualities of the awakened masculine back to. So there's always in the Celtic tradition, there's a balance between the two because really there's a deep love 
There's mm -hmm. always an in-breath and an out-breath. Mm -hmm. If we want to live in a culture of life, we, right? Right. We have to have the in-breath and the out-breath. We yes. love all beings. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a juicy conversation. I feel like we could be doing this for forever. Yes. Yes. But, uh, so, <laughs> and it's getting, it, it's getting time. But so Ian, tell everybody, okay, so everybody, Ian's launching a podcast called The Wisdom of the Ages. And uh, I, I want every, if you've enjoyed this conversation, I want everybody to go and listen to what she's uh, going to be talking about, because it's probably going to be more of this, right? It's all sorts of, actually with that particular show, it's all kinds of wisdom traditions. So we have Buddhists and yogis and Celtic Yay. people and all, all, every kind of wisdom tradition you can think of. And there's some fabulous people on the show that you'll really enjoy. I've actually had a lot of men, like awakened men on the show too. So Lovely. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Lovely. And um, what's your website so people can go and look at the books and, and find out yes. more about you? So you can find my books just about anywhere, but my name, if you, if you go online and you look A-Y-N, I'll probably come up. So it's Ann, Ann Kate Sullivan, and my website is Ann Kate Sullivan, and most of my books are published through Infinite Light Publishing, so you can look there too, uh, but they're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and so forth. So I hope you'll, you'll go, you'll read some stories, you'll enjoy it. If you go onto my website, there, there are um, a variety of audios you can listen to if you want to know more about the stories of Danu and the Kaliach and Skyach. And actually you would have loved Skyach if you were going to, to Scotland. Scotland, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm yeah. looking forward to, uh, to reading all of your books because they sound so juicy to me. And, and the new book that's coming out, but you can let us know. You can come back on when it comes out. How's that? I will. I will. We'll I'd love about, to do that. Oh my God. That would be so much fun. So okay. in the meantime, um, I want everybody to know that I am launching in-person journey circles that are a book study, a six-week book study on my book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey. And... Uh, that's going to start in mid-January, so check the website. There's registration there. But we are also going to start a wait list for Zoom sessions that I'm going to bring out in 2020 so that people that live wherever you live, if you want to do a, an intensive for six weeks with me, we're, we'll be doing it on Zoom later in the year. So um, just keep yourself posted. And in the meantime, hashtag and like and do all the things, share this, write a review uh, for Chats with Susan Burrell or write a review of my book. I would love it. It, it. The support and the love is felt. So thank you. So Ian, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for our amazing connection. I'm thrilled to uh, be able to get to spend more time with you later this year. 2020 is going to be spectacular. Yay. Well, thank you so much. It's been so fun. I hope it's just one in many conversations. I love that. Come on my show too. It'll be wonderful. Woohoo. <laughs> so I'm just going to uh, complete with saying, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can See all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. 
You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time.